Hello people and welcome yet again to another episode and in this episode we are going to be talking about the importance of socialization in influencing human behavior including the nurture versus nature debate as we are trying to learn the importance of socialization in influencing human behavior we first need to know what socialization really is so socialization is a process that describes how we are taught the behavioral rules we need to become both a member of a particular society or culture and an able social actor so that phrase right there has a lot of meaning behind it and i will get on that later we're going to start by explaining nature biology rather than culture may influence some of the ways people behave like all animal species humans seem to be programmed by their genes to some extent for example there seem to be drives for procreation and for self preservation genetics suggests that behavior may be guided by instincts based on biological instructions that can be seen as part of human nature instincts are fixed human features these are things we are born knowing and our cultural environment plays little to no role in the development of these instincts for example many females have a mothering instinct A weaker expression of this idea is that people are born with certain capabilities that are then put into practice through environmental experiences. Nature, quote unquote, gives us strong hints about behavioral rules, but people are free to ignore those hints. If women have greater child caring capabilities than men, then it makes genetic sense for them to take on the caring role within the family. However, this is not something that their genes force them to do. One way to test whether nature in the form of instincts or nurture in the form of socialization is the more important factor is to take advantage of a naturally occurring form of experimentation, the study of unsocialized or feral children. Feral children are those who have missed out on primary socialization by humans examples attract a lot of media attention but in most cases it is usually uncertain of how long the child was away from people and some often noted cases were fake feral children can either be raised by animals or survive on their own Evidence of human infants raised by animals is rare and it's not always reliable. One recent example is Saturday Methane who was discovered in 1987. Okay, so this wasn't reasonably recent, but whatever. Who was discovered in 1987, aged 5, living with a pack of monkeys in South Africa. who years later still behaved in ways associated with monkeys rather than humans however evidence of children raised with little or no human contact is more common 
A well-documented example is Jeannie, a 13-year-old Californian girl discovered in 1970. Pines in 1997 notes that Jeannie has been isolated in a small room and had not been spoken to by her parents since infancy. She was malnourished, abused, unloved, bereft of any toys or companionship. When Jeannie was found, she could not stand erect. She was unable to speak and she could only whimper. Feral children are sociologically significant for two main reasons. First, when children are raised without human contact, they fail to show the social and physical development that we would usually expect from an ordinary raised child. For example, walking upright, talking and using a knife and a fork. And children raised by animals behave as the animals do, suggesting that they learn by imitation. Second, if human behavior is instinctive, it is not really clear why children such as Genie should develop so differently from children raised with human contact. We could also expect that once returned to human society, feral children would quickly pick up normal human behavior. This, however, is not the case, suggesting that if children miss out on socialization by humans, at an early stage in their life, this cannot be corrected later. Further evidence for the significance of socialization is the fact that different cultures develop different ways of doing things. So if human behaviors were actually governed by instincts, we would expect there to be little or like very, very, very few differences between society. But of course, there are huge variations between cultures. Sometimes these cultural differences are relatively trivial. Billy Kopf in 1999 discovered through his own experience that in Russia, when a man peels a banana for a lady, it means he has a romantic interest in her. At other times, cultural differences are more fundamental. Wojtyshak, W-O-J-T-C-Z-A-K, in 2009, argues that in Victorian Britain, most women lived in a state little better than slavery. As she notes, women's sole purpose was to marry and reproduce. This is not a situation we would recognize in British society today. If human behavior was instinctive, it would be much the same in any place or time. So that is what they're trying to say. So as you can see, they've given the example of a British society. So in the Victorian era, Britain women lived in a state little better than slavery, as mentioned by that researcher. And she notes that women's sole purpose was to marry and reproduce. However, this is not a situation that we see in British societies today. So they are saying, they're asking you to think about why this is different. If human behavior was instinctive, then it would be pretty much the same in any place or time. Now we are going to be moving on 
to the I and the me. So this might sound a bit weird, but let's go on and see what they mean by that particular subheading. Basic human skills have to be taught and learned. So this is no secret. The symbolic interactionist, interactionist meaning a researcher who believes or a person who believes in the perspective, the sociological perspective of interactionism. So this is George Herbert Mead in 1934. He argued that the same was true of more advanced social skills. He said that the social context in which behavior occurs conditions how people behave. So what does that mean? The social environment in which behavior is happening determines how people behave. So while self-awareness, the ability to see ourselves as others see us and then react accordingly, is often seen as an instinctive human skill, Mead argued that this is in fact learned. It involves developing a concept of self and this is what sets human apart from animals. For Mead, the self or the awareness of who we are has two related aspects. One, the I aspect, which is based around the opinion, around our opinion of ourselves as a whole. We respond to the behavior of others as an I. Mead calls this the unsocialized self. Two, a me aspect. This consists of an awareness of how others expect us to behave in a given situation. Mead called this the social self because it develops through socialization. Now, I think that was pretty clear by itself. So now we can illustrate these ideas in the following way. If you put your hand in fire accidentally, the eye is expressed by how you react to the pain. The me, however, specifically conditions how you choose to express that pain. For example, um, your reaction will be uh, conditioned by factors like who you are, where you are, or who you are with. So if you're a child or an adult or female or male and so on. Where you are, are you alone at home or are you in a public space? Who you are with, are you in front of family or friends or strangers? So these are the three factors that your reaction will be conditioned with. If you're a young child, your reaction to being burnt may be to cry. However, if you're a young man, you may feel that crying is not socially acceptable. So you may swear loudly instead. However, swearing loudly may not be acceptable if you're fixing a stranger's fire as part of your job. Similarly, if you had been messing around with friends when you burnt your hand, the reaction may be to laugh and make fun of your pain. <laughs> Laughter would not, though, be an appropriate reaction if it was your child who had burned their hand. 
So it all depends on what situation is happening for behavior to, you know, change accordingly. And there are two aspects of that, the I and the me aspect. The I aspects which revolves around our opinion of ourselves as a whole and a me aspect that consists of an awareness of how others expect us to behave. So this is how symbolic interactionist George Herbert Mead in 1934 argued. So interactionism is mostly uh, focusing on the effects that the environment or the social context have on behavior. So in different social contexts, how, what is the effect that it has on behavior? So that is what uh, interactionist social, sociologists are trying to study. And we'll come, uh, I mean, I will discuss more on that later. We have a specific topic. I think I will end this episode here because um, I do not want my episodes to be really long. And this is an opportunity for you to perhaps take a break. In the next episode, I will be discussing the presentation of self. It sort of is related to what we just learned. So it will be pretty interesting as well. Uh, also, I will be having an interview soon on different cultures. So that might be worth staying tuned for. Also, have a great day ahead. Bye-bye.